This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Lindsay Miles, an educator, speaker, and author who helps people to create more meaningful lives through changing consumption habits and making sustainable choices, enabling people to thrive with less. We will be talking about living a sustainable lifestyle with less being more. Thank you for joining me on Spark, Lindsay. Pleasure. How do you define a sustainable lifestyle? Well, what sustainability means is like not using resources that the next generation needs. It really means is living within our means, not using more than we need, making sure there's enough left. There's a really good about there's a really good concept called Earth Overshoot Day where they've kind of calculated how many resources we have left at the end of the year or what, what day they run out and trying to not use more than you need and understanding that if we consume stuff at a rate that we're consuming, there's just not gonna be enough. Like we're using more, you know, water and more minerals out of the ground and more fuel than we've got to, for the next generation to live in the, the same kind of lifestyle that we've got. So we've kind of got to rein in the kinds of things that we're doing. So it's just about being mindful of, we understand that we're not the only people on the planet. There's going to be lives after us. There's going to be other people who need to use these things. And It's interesting that you raised how much we're consuming because I think technology has sped up the ability to produce faster, more, probably more than we can consume, it makes it easier for us to buy more, right? Yeah, it's so easy to buy stuff. Like, I think, you know, people say that, like, we, you know, we were hunter-gatherers, so we've got this kind of, like, a feast and famine kind of mentality where you see stuff and you think, oh, I should get, like, say, a berry bush in, you know, the wilderness 2,000 years ago. You see this berry bush and you're like, wow got to harvest all the berries because I might not get any berries tomorrow but the thing is we've still got this kind of mentality but now you know we go to the malls or we go to the the stores and we see all the stuff and it's on sale and we're like oh my god I need to buy all these things and we've we've kind of translated the the hunter-gatherer way of living into kind of consuming stuff and it's so easy because you know the internet is open 24 hours so 50 years ago you could only go to the shops you know, weekdays and maybe a little bit of weekends, but now you can shop 24 hours and you can buy everything you could ever imagine. And you're getting advertised all the time because you're looking at, you know, Facebook and Instagram and there's billboards, there's magazines, there's pop-up ads. So all the time we're seeing all these ads and we've, it wasn't that long ago that people didn't have enough stuff either. 50 years ago, people were struggling with a lot of the basic needs, you know, people like things like refrigerators, like people just didn't own them. And so now we've we've kind of flipped over into this just buying everything. And and this idea of like disposability where, you know, in the sixties they kind of came up with disposable plates and disposable cups. But now people have disposable furniture and disposable clothing where you, you buy something and you use it for one wear or you use it for an event and then you chuck it away and get the next thing. Kind of got a bit rampant with this consuming of things and ultimately this is all made of stuff it all comes from somewhere when we throw it away it's got to go somewhere it's not sustainable to keep consuming at the rate that we are yes i think the focus on convenience has actually made this a big problem in terms of we're using you know wipes to clean we're using a lot of things that we don't really need but because it's there we're using it 
it's definitely creating this problem, reverse of convenience. And it's like, you know, the question becomes how much do we really need it, right? Or we're just lazy. So it's something that we should be thinking about. Yeah, and I think marketers have done a really good job of persuading us that we need this stuff. That, you know, to be a good parent, we have to own certain things. To have a clean house, we have to have certain things. The more stuff they invent that they tell us we need, the more stuff they can sell. Marketers are really good at their job, you know, persuading us that we need these things. So it's easy for people to get into this like mindset of thinking they need stuff and buying stuff and be a good responsible citizen they need to buy stuff or you know this mentality that you now have everything you need if you buy it all you never do and then there's always something else you had conveyed that the documentary film bag it was what started your journey on living a sustainable lifestyle can you talk about this personal journey Sure. So Baguette is a documentary about plastic and the problems of plastic. And it kind of covers like some of the environmental issues, the pollution issues, some of the political issues around plastic. And I watched it in 2012. Um, I'd seen this poster in the library about refusing single-use plastic for the month of July. And I thought to myself, that's pretty easy, you know, because I've got reusable shopping bags and had never given any thought to all of the other plastic, you know, so I remember seeing this poster and then I go home and I look in the pantry and the bathroom and the kitchen and, you know, everything was made of plastic. And as part of this challenge, I saw this documentary. And the thing that's really good about it is there's a lot of kind of environmental documentaries, I think, that are really doom and gloom and you kind of go and it's overwhelming and you almost feel paralysed with And this is a really good one because there's just this everyday guy trying to reduce his plastic and he's going to the shops and he's refusing bags and he's buying things that aren't wrapped in plastic and um, he's storing stuff in reusable containers and it was pretty accessible because you're watching this movie and you're thinking, I could do that. And it had lots of ideas, really simple kind of ideas. So I saw this challenge and then I felt really embarrassed actually because, you know, I thought I was really sustainable because I because I bought eco-friendly washing up liquid and because I had reusable shopping bags and because I recycled everything and I thought recycling was brilliant and recycling was the end goal. And then watching this documentary and it was like, oh, maybe you could refuse the pointless plastic. Maybe you could refuse the stuff you don't need. Maybe you could think differently about the way you use resources. And that was this real kind of eye-opener for me. And in terms of like sustainability, until this point, I kind of thought sustainability was building your own house out of recycled bricks and putting solar panels on the roof and a rainwater tank and having a vegetable garden. And but I rented, so I then I lived in an apartment, so I couldn't really do any of that stuff. And so it always felt like sustainability was something that wasn't really accessible to me. And I realized that waste is like a massive part of our everyday actions and our everyday choices and reducing plastic, reducing packaging waste, reducing your recycling, reducing your food waste. You know, that's something that's much more accessible to all of us, whether we live in an apartment, whether we live in a big house, whether we've got the grand design house. That was kind of how I got started. And the thing that's really good about reducing waste is that when you don't put stuff in your bin, when you don't put stuff in the trash, when you don't recycle because you didn't produce that stuff in the first place, it feels really good and you can see the results. Whereas when you turn the light off, when you leave a room because you're trying to reduce fossil fuels, like you don't notice the difference. You can't feel the planet just kind of cooling as you turn the light off. So you've got this really good feedback loop where you reduce your waste and you see the progress. And so for me, that was kind of where I got started. It's not about use eco-friendly products. It's about the fact that you need to figure out where you can reduce less use of and make sure that you're not using more than you really need. 
Yeah, and it's so interesting because when I started this journey, it was 2012, and you couldn't really buy a lot of reusable products or eco-friendly products. Like you could buy reusable coffee cups. There was one brand, I think, and you could buy like a few little bits and pieces that would help you. But, you know, I guess zero waste was not a marketing term that people were using to sell you stuff. Whereas now in 2020, it's super easy to buy a whole load of stuff that you don't really need and think that you're being eco-friendly. And you know, it's that thing with habits where when you decide you're going to do something new, the first thing we do always is buy stuff because buying stuff makes us feel like we've made progress already. People often fall into the trap of they think they want to reduce their waste, so they go and throw away all the stuff they've already got because the new stuff's more sustainable. But ultimately, anything that you're throwing away is creating waste. Saying no to stuff, you know, recognizing that we've got things at home that we can already use, that we can repurpose. Maybe we don't need something. People invent things all the time and they might be useful for someone because people are always improving things and inventing things and we've just got to say no. So that's a really good point. I think people feel a sense of progress if they're buying things, especially things that are latest in terms of sustainability or eco-friendly products when they could just use what they already have rather than buying new eco-friendly products. Try to hold on to what they have and use it as much as possible instead of trying to improve on what they currently already have. Yeah, and it's not to say you never buy anything. It's just kind of flipping it so that we're buying the least amount of things and we're reusing the most amount of things. Could I reuse it? Could I borrow one? Could I make do with something else? You need to buy something, but that's got to be the last priority, not the first. What are the simple things that we can do every day that would start a sustainable lifestyle? Like looking at food waste is a really important one. Like food is such a big problem. It's made that one third of all the food produced in the world is thrown away. As individuals, we all, and it's our money and our time that went to go into the shops. So the more that we can do to reduce our food waste, the better. And that, that's things like kind of getting better at learning how to cook, learning how to store things properly. Uh, it's really tempting when you've come home from the store, if you've got a whole load of stuff, just to chuck the whole load in the fridge in a big pile in the bottom of the salad crisper and kind of hope for the best, but kind of just learning that, you know, you store potatoes in the dark and that you store apples away from everything else. And it's also looking at your habits and recognizing that if, if you're someone that you want to learn how to cook and you want to cook, but actually you just get takeaway all the time, you know that by Wednesday you're going to be eating takeaway. So, you know, just kind of being a bit more honest with yourself about your habits, like learning how to compost or... There's so much we can do to reduce the amount of food scraps that we go in the bin. And about 40% of everything that the average household throws away is food. And that's stuff that you went to the shops and bought. It's a really good one to start. Zero waste then is about using everything you've purchased in terms of your food. If you don't think you're going to use it, then you shouldn't bother buying it if you think you'll probably end up being too tired to actually prepare it. Then it leads to the question that maybe we should be going to market more often because then we just buy what we need each time we need it. It seems like maybe that's the only way to solve this is that you have to be prepared to go to market more often and buy less each time. Yeah, I think it's helpful. And I think it's quite easy, again, because it's 24 hours, that we don't have to do this big shop once a week, pop in and kind of about looking at your habits, I think. And yeah, looking figuring out what works for you. So not everyone is going to find that markets are really good and it can take a long few weeks or a few months to change your habits ultimately once you've got a new set of habits it's not going to take you any more time and that's important because for you to stay motivated to starting and sustaining this new lifestyle it has to be convenient you have to make it easy for yourself yeah and i think what people sell us is convenience 
but it isn't this it's not the only way to be you know convenient like it's convenient for me to not have to haul any rubbish out to the side of the street every week it's convenient for me to be able to use it when i say but you know buy a vegetable be able to use all the parts so that i'm not going to the shops twice as often because i've thrown half of it away there's kind of other conveniences and everyone's different you know everyone people some people love to cook some people will make certain things some people prefer convenience of say ready made but that doesn't mean you have to buy everything vacuum packed and plastic wrapped from the store you might be able to you might go to a market and find there's an amazing baker that sells really good stuff ready made that you can buy without the plastic tastes much better you know it's, it's kind of just figuring out what works for you and figuring out what options you've got and then just doing what you can and it's important to remember i always think this is never it's never about all or nothing you know if everyone just did what they could so some people can do loads and some people can do a little bit that's that's what's going to make a difference. Imagine if everyone could just do 10% different. It makes such a difference. So we've got to get out of this kind of all or nothing mindset. It's not always going to work. Sometimes we're going to be busy. Sometimes stuff's going to end up in the bin because just doing what we can when we can, that's going to make a huge difference. Because we're talking about millions of people making changes here. You know, mm-hmm. millions of people did 10%. That's huge. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you do a little bit each day, it's better than doing nothing. And sometimes you'll do more. Sometimes you'll do less. Now, what yeah. about other other things that we can do? Let's say a zero-waste home. What would that look like? When we think about zero-waste, like generally we're talking about, like generally we think of it as the stuff that goes in the bin. Thinking about, you know, food waste, plastic waste, packaging, all that kind of stuff. But obviously there's other things. So something that's really important is redoing the kitchen every year, not rebuying all the furniture, not doing all of that kind of stuff. Buying less stuff is really important to reduce your waste. And that means, yes, but not just food and packaging. That means, you know, homewares, all that sort of stuff. Things like, it's not often talked about, but things like, like water conservation is actually really important. Um, and energy, like they're not sort of the things that people think of when they think about zero waste, but actually water and fossil fuels are really precious resources. Fossil fuels aren't going to be renewed anytime soon. You know, not overheating the house. So whether that's putting in insulation or putting in, or just wearing an extra jumper in winter. Not everything is accessible for everyone, but, you know, it's just thinking about what you can do. And if you've, you know, got the means to, you know, install double glazing, great. Uh, Like if you can grow your own food, and I don't mean set up a farm in the backyard, I mean even just grow some herbs on the windowsill. You know, there's all these little things that we can do. And there's things, so that, you know, installing insulation in the roof, though it's quite an expensive kind of thing to do, but like rolling up a towel and putting it under the door so the draft doesn't come in is a really low-tech thing to do. So there's often high-tech, expensive, and then low-tech kind of hacks that you can do, depending on your budget and all of that sort of thing. Preserve energy at home, that's going to save you money with your bills. You can reduce your water, that's going to save you money for the bills. So there's like an incentive beyond kind of wanting to save the planet. It's going to help you as well. Yes, and thinking about creative hacks that you can always feel better about doing than bringing more stuff in. What about energy use outside of the home? It's just as important, right? Let's say alternative mode of transportation, not take the car, take your bike instead. Yeah, I mean, I got, that's the kind of the thing with sustainability. You know, there's so many options depending on like where you live and what you're good at. And yeah, like if you've got two cars in your household, trying to reduce it down to one car is a good start. And it, again, it's not this like all or nothing thing. You don't have to sell the car and always travel by bicycle. But if you could say that everything that's five miles or less, you'll try and cycle, or you'll just try and cycle in the summer when the weather's better, or those electric scooters. But, you know, for adults to commute, so maybe if bicycling isn't quite your thing, but an electric scooter is your thing, you know, it's still reducing cars on the road and fossil fuels and, you know, you can obviously get solar to potentially charge these things. But there's, there's different ways that people are 
kind of trying to reduce their car use. Car sharing when you're going to work or um, even just trying to combine your trips. You know, if you're going to the, sh- rather than the shops and back, then the school and back, then somewhere else and back. You know, just trying to combine these things so you're using less fuel overall. Um, that's so that's the kind of thing with sustainability. Like, there's so much we can do to reduce our footprint. And it's not about, you know, giving stuff up or, like, you know, not having fun anymore. It's about thinking, just thinking what will work for our lifestyle and what will be enjoyable and, you know, what will make us feel good. Like, cycling or being out in the fresh air is so much better than being stuck in a car in traffic. So... You know, there's lots of ways that we can do things to make ourselves feel better, help the planet, and improve our health as well. So. Yes, you can feel healthier in this new lifestyle with more walking, more biking, eating less of what you really need to be eating and so on. What about important skills that we need to learn to make this sustainable difference? I kind of think learning how to cook is a good one because it kind of ties back in with reducing food waste. Like if you know how to cook things, gone to the trouble of making something, you're left back to throw it away because you know how much time it took you. You also, then you get better at using the whole part of everything. The more that people can do cook, and not slaving away over a hot stove, but just kind of trying to, you know, cook the basics or whatever. That, I think that's really important. I think learning how to mend stuff is really important or having the mindset that stuff should be mended. So that's not to say that you learn how to sew and, you know, fix boots and all that kind of stuff, but it's making use of the places, maybe an alteration service, sew a button on or those kind of things. And looking at the stuff we buy and asking if it's fixable when we buy it rather than when it breaks and going, ah, that's not fixable. And even sometimes it's just things like, say, a coffee machine or a printer. You buy it, and then when it breaks, you phone up the manufacturer, and they say, oh, just get a whole new one. You can't fix that. So it's just even thinking about those things where you can buy a product, and they do sell spare parts. So if something breaks, you can fix it. So I think repair, shoes resold. used to be such a big industry, and it's really reduced because you can go to the shops and get a new pair of shoes. I just think it's so important to get off the consumer treadmill, and that is a skill because you're being advertised at all the time, thousands of times a day. All these efforts are telling you you'll be a better person if you buy that thing. I think a really good way to try and stop buying so much stuff is to try and fill your time with other things that aren't shopping, just filling your time. So maybe go for a hike or maybe have dinner with friends or try and do other things with your time that are enjoyable that aren't going to the shopping mall because as soon as you go there, even if you don't intend to buy something, you'll buy something. Learning how to resist the temptation to buy stuff, like that's an important skill. Cook as much as possible because you'll use up all the ingredients. Try to fix as much as you can so you don't end up throwing it away. And then fill your time with more outdoor or other experiences that's not tied to shopping or browsing for new things because you're more likely to buy it. That's really great advice. Thank you for joining me on Spark today. Thank you very much for having me.